Hello everyone, welcome to the episode 53 of Soul Lead Saturday. The guest we have today, Stephanie S.P. She is an author of STEM James, chemical engineer, founder of Math S.P. and a mom. I would say super mom. So let's <laughs> welcome her and hear more about her career journey. How did she find her area of interest and managing to lead that? So welcome Stephanie, very happy to have you on the show and really appreciate all your time and consideration being on the show. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm really, very excited as well because you are doing a great work at the, in the education system and giving girls role models. So thank you so much and pleasure is all mine. To begin with, our first section is about passion and interest. So how did you find your interest in this education field and what steps did you take to pursue that interest? So I should say that before educator, I am first and foremost an engineer. Um, so my interest when I was in middle school and high school was all about STEM and all about engineering. Both of my parents are engineers. Um, my father is an electrical engineer and my mother is a chemical engineer and mathematician. So growing up with parents that are both engineers, that are both math and science minded, um, it was sort of a natural for me to pursue a career in engineering. Um, but I will also say that my mother growing up, I, um, she was also an educator. And so she used to work with, um, with students in the neighborhood um, on Sunday afternoons and help them with math. And so my earliest memory of her helping someone with math was probably when I was six or seven years old. And I remember her sitting at the kitchen table um, with a student. And, um, and then when that student would leave, another student would come. And she would probably spend hours there on a Sunday, um, just one at a time helping students. And she was always helping them in math. And so I will always sort of peek in the kitchen you know, I wasn't allowed in there, but I would just peek in and kind of just curious about what she was doing and who the students were and sort of like why she was doing that. Um, and so that was my earliest memory of just sort of like my mom, not only working outside the home and working as an engineer, but also helping, helping younger people, helping the next generation um, be more proficient in math. Um, and so that stayed with me really throughout all of my high school years, my college years, my graduate school years, my, um, you know, my professional years, I've always done the same exact thing. I've always had a career outside the home, but I've also always helped other students become more proficient in math and science. So I have followed her footsteps in that regard, so much so that now I'm an entrepreneur that specializes in STEM education. So my entire, um, I should say one of my because um, I have sort of three different arms that I do. So one of my arms, the one that's been around the longest for uh, 12 years now, is all about helping the next generation, helping middle school and high school students become more proficient in math and science subjects. Um, and that, again, goes all the way back to when I used to watch my mother do that. Um, and now that she's retired, she's 70 years old, she's retired, and so is my father. They now kind of full cycle, they are now also helping students still to this day. Um, my dad picked up um, opportunities to teach physics to high school students, so he does that. Um, and my mom still does a lot of things with math. So it's funny that they have maintained that, or especially my mother's maintained that throughout 
her career and without throughout parenting four children. Um, and I sort of picked, you know, picked that up. She's kind of passed that baton to me in some ways. Yeah, so I would take it as, you know, it runs in the family. So yeah. thank you so much for sharing. Moving towards our next section is about questions from the audience. The first question that I have shortlisted is, what difference do you see uh, while coaching different age girls? Like you mentioned that you train like middle school, high school, college, uh, undergrad, grad students, like girl students. So what major difference do you see in coaching different age girls? So I actually coach boys and girls. So with MathSP, um, it's, it's really open to anyone, boys and girls, starting in middle school, but predominantly middle school and high school, some college, um, and some graduate level, but that's all for students that are taking like a standardized test to get into a graduate program, like a GMAT, pro, like a, like an MBA program, and they take the GMAT, or a graduate program, they take the GRE. Um, but mostly it's middle school, high school students, and both boys and girls. And I do see some differences between boys and girls. Um, mm-hmm. And I do see some differences between, you know, different levels. Mm-hmm. So usually the middle school students, um, you know, boys and girls, and this also kind of backs up just kind of research and, and my own personal experience. Um, girls start to shy away from math and science mm-hmm. in middle school. And that's not because they are not smart or capable. They're um, perfectionists. As a, you know, as if I could just sort of put a label to it. I think girls are more perfectionists. So when they make mistakes, it's mm-hmm. think they're not as good in something than a boy. And so when a girl makes mistakes, it's sort of like, you know, I'm not good at this, whereas it could be far from the truth, but that's just how it's taken. So a lot of girls, when they make mistakes, I've seen them erase the whole paper or throw the entire paper in the trash can because they made a mistake. And it's like, no, 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 no. You know, if you make a mistake, that's okay. First of all, it's okay because we all make mistakes. Um, But it's not, you know, one, that doesn't mean you're not good at something. And two, you don't erase or don't throw away the entire assignment or the type, you know, that piece of paper or start all over again because you made a mistake. It's okay to just cross through it or erase it or let, you know, let you know, someone help you to figure out where your mistake is and how do you correct that. Um, and so it's a part of the learning process. And I think what's important to help them understand early on is that um, if you don't make mistakes, how are you supposed to learn and grow? And how are you supposed to um, um, understand, like, you know, why is this and not that, for example. Whereas boys generally are, um, they're, they're more okay with making mistakes and they are less inclined to believe they're not good at something because they made mistakes. So they don't translate that to like, oh, I'm not good at it because I made a mistake. They just, you know, oh, you know, it could be some other reason. I made a mistake because it wasn't explained very clearly, you know, versus like, because I'm not good at it. So it's just a different, uh, mindset and so I think part of the challenge that we have is changing that mindset and helping girls in particular to believe that they're just as capable that it's okay to make mistakes and that if you make a mistake you know own up to it and and raise your hand really high and ask the teacher for help and raise your hand really high and, and say that you know you don't understand a certain step and be okay with doing that and that's something that I had to learn the hard way myself <laughs> so I understand um, what it's like to be a middle school age girl, what it's like to be a high school age girl taking these courses that are challenging and, and feeling like you're not, um, you know, good at something. I know what that's like, but I also know what it's like to have a changed mindset and to look at things differently. 
And I think the earlier we can sort of start it coaching the girls to understand that, the better off they will be and the more inclined they are to actually choose a STEM career down the line. Thank you so much for sharing. It was definitely very insightful for me to learn as well. And uh, moving towards our next question is that uh, one thing that you mentioned that, you know, changing the mindset is kind of a strategy as well. But what is your effective strategy to train the students? So definitely changing mindset is really important. I think another thing that we really try to do um, at MathSP with our students is helping them to visualize the problems that they're working on. Um, and, and, uh, and by doing so, like laying out, especially word problems, or even if there's not word problems, like connecting the problems to something that's real life that they care about so that they can see one, why what they're doing matters. Um, why what they're doing is useful because I think sometimes that's a challenge is what am I ever going to use this and why do I care and helping them understand why what they're doing what they're learning is important and how it applies to things that they care about mm-hmm. and then also just helping them visualize it better um, so we have a, our, our approach is very much um, facilitative approach where we're not just going to show you how to do something you know I have my whiteboard and you know I can show you how to do something that's in my head but really more importantly I want to understand what's in your head I want to understand how you think I want to understand um, how you read this question and what you pull from the question and maybe what you're um, understanding and what you're not understanding mm-hmm. so it's important for me to um, to help the students to visualize the question and help them to kind of talk through together facilitating them through like okay what are the keywords and phrases and what is the question asking and what does this term mean and what does that term mean and what operations do we need to solve this and you know how does it apply to a different scenario it's, it's really a lot of question asking because in that way i can see how they think mm-hmm. and i can see what they know really well and i can see what they don't know and then i can sort of like go down the path that i need to go down to, to help them understand things better um, so if I don't ask the questions, I'm just sort of telling them how to do something or showing them how to do something, then they may say, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I get it. But then the next day, they may not no longer get it anymore because they may get what I did in that moment, but they may not understand it um, conceptually, may not understand it found, found the foundation. Um, and so that's sort of a short term like i get it that's short term versus like oh i get it you know like that big aha like oh you know that's what happens when you can kind of see them doing something and you can be in the moment of helping them understand what they're doing why they're doing it um that is what we go for yeah that's really a good strategy to have when it comes to the education system and as you mentioned that you know it is more over like a developing the capabilities which they are not good at at that uh, age and then you know um, that is def- definitely something that they need at that age so thank you so much uh, moving towards our next section is fun segment where i'm going to give you three words which are more or associated with your profile and uh, you have to tell me what comes to your mind immediately when you heard uh, hear those words so it is kind of an abstract content so are you ready okay i'm ready so the first word is academic education academic education what comes to my mind when i hear academic education i think um think subject matter expert i think foundation i think truly understanding concepts and applying those concepts to real life Mm -hmm. that's great uh, next next 
word is coaching? Coaching, facilitating, inspiring, developing, encouraging, empowering, cheerleading. Wow. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the third uh, word is interest or the passion. Is what? Interest or the passion. Interest or passion. Um, I think excitement. If you're passionate about something, you cannot wait to do it. It's not work. It's almost like a hobby. Mm -hmm. It's something that you look forward to doing because it's enjoyable and it brings you happiness. Thank you so much, actually. You did really well uh, because it's very hard when it comes to define these terms in the short abstract content. So thank you so much. (laughs) As well as giving the uh, proper like, you know, uh, abstract content for those words. Moving towards our next section is about exploring your career, work, and volunteering related activities. So the first question that I have is, as you train students to get into the STEM education programs uh, of their dream university, so would you like to share more about it? How it works? About the STEM education programs? Yes. So, and this kind of goes more along the line of the work that I do with STEM gems versus the line of work I do with math SP. So those are sort of like um, um, two different um, paths or two different, um, I guess, let me back up a little bit. It's, it's math SP is the academic coaching part of what I do. And then STEM gems is more about the programming that helps girls in particular um, connect with STEM and help understand how they too can be a scientist, a technologist, engineer, a mathematician. So, um, so I think that for, in order to close the gender gap in STEM, and there is a huge gap um, where under 20% of women are earning degrees in math, in math, computer science, engineering, kind of collectively, it's important to help them see how those um, careers can make a difference in the world and how those careers help people which is two things that girls say they like to do is choose a path where they can help people make a difference. So how do we connect that to STEM and STEM careers? And so that is why there's so many wonderful programs that, um, that really try to draw that line for girls and help them to connect the dots between math and science and STEM and making a difference, helping people, making the world a better place. Um, so STEM gyms have, has different programs designed for girls um, there's lots of programs out there as well that connect to different parts of STEM, whether it be specifically around a certain topic like chemistry or physics or something more um, engineering related or coding related. Um, but the programs that we do are more general and they focus on um, the middle school age girl who is, um, you know, who has an interest in STEM, who feels that they're, um, they are capable of doing math and science, but they may not understand how that connects to a career. They may understand the opportunities that are available to them. They may not have a role model or a mentor or a family member that they can look up to who has um, pursued a STEM career or going down a STEM path. So we help them to, um, to first be exposed to numerous role models um, that really show them what's possible as well as connect to mentors who can really help them pursue a STEM career, as well as provide hands-on programs, hands-on activities and programs where they can understand what it's like to be a engineer and specifically a chemical engineer or electrical engineer or mechanical engineer 
or another type of engineer. So they can see how those different types are different, um, but they see overall what it means to be engineer, what it means to be a scientist, et cetera. And then, then at the end of the day, they're now more aware of the possibilities and they now have a clear path of how they can, um, you know, pursue a career in, in one of these different spaces that are male dominated spaces. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for sharing. And I would encourage audience to check that website as well. Uh, stemjamesbook.com And uh, there is a hashtag, which is I actually get attracted to uh, give girls the role models. So thank you so much. You are doing great. And you are part of really, very really great initiative. So moving towards our next question is about uh, uh, your uh, participation in the lead Atlanta program. So would you like to share more about it? Yes. Yeah, so the lead Atlanta program is a part of the leadership Atlanta program where lead Atlanta is for younger professionals. Um, I think the age range is um, up to age, I think 40. And then above that you're in the leadership Atlanta program where it brings in um, different people across the, the Metro Atlanta area where I live to, to really help, um, expose and open your eyes to different things happening in the city as it pertains to education, as it pertains to health, um, to lots of different issues that are that are happening in Atlanta as well as around the country and globally. Um, mm -hmm. So of course my passion is education so I bring to the leaders, the leader Atlanta, my cohort in particular, sort of the lens on education and STEM or someone else may bring a different lens based on what they do professionally. So you bring together professionals across the, the metro Atlanta area that are um, working in, you know, in social work or working in education or working in law, working um, um, as, you know, in, in healthcare, then you're able to understand how these, how different issues are affecting the community, but also how we can work together to um, make a change in our community. So this leadership program is um, about a year long program and we get together on a regular basis to talk about different issues that are happening in our community as well as to work on different projects to make um, changes that we want to see in our community. And after the year program is over, um, then you become sort of a lead alumni. And so there's other programs that happen as an alumnus of the program, um, as well as, as introducing in the next class of the program that you can help coach and mentor do different projects that they're working on. So it becomes like this extensive family, so to speak, of, um, um, of, of people in the area who care about the city and who want to see changes made um, to better the city. Wow, that's a great initiative. And uh, one more question around these mdmbooks.com is you are author of it. Would you like to, like, what changes do you see uh, in the girls' education programs now and before? Changes. Started and now, uh, what changes do you see? Um, well, some of the things that, that I think it's, I think the key thing is to reach girls that have um, little access to resources and little access to, um, to programs in their community. So they, of course there's, if you're, if you're connected to a college campus or connected to, um, if your school is well resourced, then typically you have lots of opportunities coming into the school where you can explore different career paths, including a STEM career path. Um, but then there's other schools that are lower resourced that are in communities where they don't have access to 
community um, colleges or colleges where they can kind of tap into those resources. Um, they don't have as many programs connected to the school themselves. And so those, I think, are sort of opportunities for, um, for my program at SimGym as well as other programs to really reach um, not just the well-resourced schools, but also those that are under-resourced um, in communities that are, um, that are just don't have the same sort of programs that are more widely available. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Uh, and uh, I'm really enjoying this talk. So thank you so much for, you know, coming as a guest on the Solid Saturday. Moving towards our next section is about tips and advice. Uh, so any tips or advice, you already mentioned a lot of things because you are already in the education system and you know, you know, how their mindsets work uh, when they are kids. So would you like to give more insights to the students, like, you know, any tips or advice to like summarize uh, who wants to pursue their passion? Yes, um, I would say first and foremost, if you are considering going into a STEM career, is, um, is, the, is the solid foundation that we talked about early on in math and science subjects. And so my first piece of advice is when you are um, struggling or having a problem in a class that you're taking in school, to ask your teacher for extra help, to find maybe a tutor or, or a peer or somebody in your, in your school that can help you understand better, to seek resources outside of your school that can help you understand better. But it's really, really important um, that you have a solid foundation in your math and science classes in school because that is really what it takes to get to the next level. And without that foundation, it's gonna be super difficult and challenging to um, you know, pursue a career path that's heavily oriented in math and science. So that's first and foremost. It's okay if you if you don't understand everything. It's okay if you make mistakes. It's okay if you don't if you're confused. It's okay if you need help. That is totally normal. Um, we've all been there, and we all continue to be there. Even even when we're in our careers, we still have challenges. We still have things we don't understand fully. Totally normal to need help and to ask for help. So I want to normalize that for everybody and just say you know get the help that you need and. Um, and understand the concepts solidly so that you can continue to build on your knowledge as you progress in school and in your career. And the second thing I would say is always seek out um, support groups, mm -hmm. um, whether it be a group of peers or whether it be um, in the form of mentorship, support in the form of mentorship, because support means everything. You know, you, it's really hard to do anything alone. Um, or in a bubble because there's so much out there that you don't know or that is so much out there that you're not taking advantage of. Mm -hmm. So to have a group of peers, um, whether it be classmates or work colleagues, um, to have mentors around you who can help guide you and who can help um, you understand sort of the next step or different options is super important to um, pursuing a STEM career, especially if you're a woman, if you're going into a male-dominated space. Um, and then I would also like to say that, um, that outside of having the content mastery, outside of having, you know, people around you that can help guide you, I think just knowing that at times um, you're going to feel like you're, you know, maybe you're going to experience called imposter syndrome, which, which means that you may feel like you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, your confidence may, um, may slide a little bit, and all of that is normal as well. And so that's another reason why it's super important to have your peers um, that are 
in a similar space that you're in, to have the mentors, to have the role models around you to help you again when you get it, when you find yourself in that space, um, you can pick yourself back up and move forward. Thank you so much for sharing. And uh, towards the end of the show, we are moving towards the leadership. So you are actually leading the space where you are leading the next generation. So uh, would you like, like, would you like to describe your leadership style and any specific leader that you always follow or admire and why? Gosh, um, my leadership style is more of a um, collaborative style. Um, I don't necessarily place myself above anyone else. I always find that, you know, the people around me, my team, um, my family, my friends, we all have something to contribute. We all have our strengths. We all have things that we, um, you know, could improve on. And so I tend to be more of a collaborator where if I know I'm working on something or I know I'm planning something, I know who to go to, to, you know, help make and help to make things a success. So I don't just lean on myself. I don't pretend to know everything. I don't pretend to be the best at everything. I know that, okay, if I'm planning a, a symposium or a conference or a, a event for girls or whatever I'm doing, I have people that I tend to bring together. Mm-hmm. And, um, and maybe that's the leadership style too, is knowing how to bring the right people together that have different strengths. And then sort of like, um, collectively, collaboratively working together to, you know, for the goal of the project, for the goal of the event. So that's sort of my style is never anything done in a bubble. I'm never doing anything by myself. Um, even when it comes to social media, I have a team of people that help me decide, you know, make certain decisions based on um, strategy around social media as well. So it's all done collectively, collaboratively in a group environment. And that's just the way I feel like works best because then you're able to bounce around ideas with other people. You know, I have ideas in my head, but I'm able to kind of run them by other people and kind of assess, um, you know, other opportunities, other options that maybe I didn't think about or even um, develop my ideas even further. So I really do like working collaboratively with other people. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing. And that is definitely a great leadership style to have. So just to summarize a couple of things, uh, as Stephanie mentioned, for the students, it is important to get out of the imposter syndrome and uh, challenges you can face at any age group. So whenever you feel challenged or whenever you feel that, you know, you are not not good at something, always seek for the mentors, tutors or the support groups, which can help you out and, you know, uh, you can do better. So thank you so much. And on that note, we are going to end this episode. Thank you so much for, thank you so much, Tiffany. I really appreciate all your time. And as I always say, until we meet happy leading, let's live together. Stay safe. Bye for now. Okay. Bye.